Welcome to tonight's episode of Inside the SCCA. I'm Brian Belansky. Uh, unfortunately, tonight we're starting our podcast here and our show on uh, a somber note. Um, we lost two of our members this weekend uh, from uh, uh, at an accident, a pro solo event, Packward, Washington. Um, Amber Dawn Jorgensen and Des Troops, uh, Des Toops, uh, were um, both killed in an accident uh, on Sunday uh, at the event up there. The event was immediately canceled at that point. And um, uh, it sounds as though from everything that I've been able to uh, put together that it was a, uh, a freak accident um, and uh, there'll be an investigation uh, as to what happened. And I'm sure at some point in time we'll learn more about that. Uh, but tonight, really, I want to just remember Amber and Des um, for the first few minutes of the show here, and then we'll get to uh, what I had originally planned. Um, Amber Dawn Jurgensen, she was 50, four-year member of the Snake River region of the SCCA. She ran in East Street, um, and she was the Snake River region's East Street points leader uh, in the championship standings. Um, she was also fourth overall in the region's PAX championship. Um, her husband, Stephen, was at the event uh, when the accident happened. Uh, he had competed in the Packwood Pro, uh, National Solo Tour event the weekend before. Uh, De- Des Toops, 61, he was a 20-year member of the SCCA and the Northwest region, uh, also uh, known for competing in a wide variety of vehicles and classes. Um, among his accomplish- accomplishments, uh, Des was at the Solo National Championships 14 times uh, took home a trophy twice. Um, Mike Cobb, SECA's president, a good friend of our show, he's been on with us several times. He says uh, in a statement, as the SECA community begins to process this tragic loss, uh, we are focused on finding a way to provide grief counseling uh, to those who need it. We're sending our deepest condolences and families and friends, competitors, and fellow region members who will surely feel the effects of this loss. Uh, I want to send my condolences, obviously, to the families of both Amber and Des, uh, all the folks up in the Northwest, Oregon, and Snake River regions of the SECA, uh, also the national staff members who are on site at Packwood. This was a pro solo, so it was a national event. Uh, a lot of folks there from SECA National who are all uh, having to deal with this loss and to process everything that went along. So my heartfelt condolences are going out to them tonight. Uh, and uh, we are dedicating this evening's episode to both uh, Amber and Des, and uh, we're going to go on and talk racing, which is, I'm sure, what they would want us to do in this situation, and uh, we will uh, we will soldier on. But uh, Godspeed to Amber, Don George, uh, Jorgensen, and Des Toops. Uh, we miss you already, and uh, we will uh, we will do you proud here as we continue with the rest of our seasons and with tonight's podcast. Up next on Inside the SCCA, spotlighting women in motorsports. Welcome to this episode of Inside the SCCA. I'm Brian Bolanski, and uh, a recurring theme on our show has been to bring on uh, women involved in racing with the SECA. We've done a lot of stuff with our uh, women on track program. And uh, part of my continued uh, desire to um, talk and, and highlight women in racing, uh, we made a decision. I made a decision. It's my network. 
to bring the Women's Motorsports Network on the network. And uh, I listened to Melinda Russell's podcast once and said to myself, this is a person who I'd like to have and share her stuff with our listeners and viewers. Uh, She joins us right now, Melinda, from Michigan. How are you tonight? I'm very good, Brian. Uh, Thanks for having me on. And I, too, want to give my condolences to everyone. It's always hard to lose our race family. It absolutely is. Thank you for that. Um, For those who may have been tuning in tonight for uh, my chat with Kerry Roos, uh, he is also, Melinda knows Kerry well. I think she, he was just on her podcast or vice versa. Um, uh, he's got a family emergency that he's dealing with tonight. So, uh, I called up Melinda at the last moment. And I said, Hey, can you help me out? And she said, sure. So, uh, so we're here tonight to talk about the, uh, women's motorsports network. So Melinda, I, I ask the same question to every guest, the first question of the show, uh, every time. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to be any different. You're not getting, a, you're not getting away from it. Um, okay. How did you get mixed up in this crazy sport that we love? Well, I'm going to blame my son. So, um, you know, many years ago, uh, probably back in the 1980s, we uh, had some friends who raced at Quincy Raceways in Quincy, Illinois, and they worked with my now ex-husband and my son was obsessed with going to the races Mm -hmm. and so on sunday night we would drive 45 miles down to quincy and he would sit on the front row in his little race suit he was about four years old four (laughs) or five years old and he never moved unless he needed to go to the bathroom or wanted something to eat and so um i told that i've told that story many times um and so you know, time passed and he played baseball and my other children, you know, I have three daughters and a son and, and they were all involved in all kinds of things So from it. And then when he graduated in 1996, he took his graduation money and he bought a, a street, not a street stock. I'm not sure what they called them at the time because that was a while ago, but he took his graduation money behind my back and purchased a race car. <laughs> And I don't know how much my ex-husband knew about the purchase before the purchase, but he helped him hide the race car from me for a short time. And then when I discovered uh, that the things in the one part of our garage that I never went into had a race car in it, I kind of flipped out, I'll have to admit. (laughs) But if you know how it goes with racing, if you, you don't, beat them you got to join them right and so he raced on a dirt track in macomb illinois which is long since closed and the very first night that he raced we were all there my youngest daughter was probably maybe uh, she was probably four or five years old she sat on my lap and we watched him go out she covered her ears with her hands and you covered your eyes No, I I had to pretend I was just okay with it, you know, even though I wasn't. And he came out on the track, and she and I both started to cry. And so (laughs) that's kind of how that started. And then, uh, you know, when there's a young punk, 18-year-old, he wasn't even 18 yet. He was 17 when he started racing. A young punk comes out, a new kid on the block, as you would say. You know, the old guys have to show him who's boss. And they ran him into the wall during one of the races 
And he didn't know enough to let go of the wheel and he broke his hand. Oh. And so that's how the first night ended. <laughs> and then um, before the second race, the next week, one of his friends took some and sawed the cast off and away he went and he never looked back. And so he is the one that really got us really started in racing, more involved. Um, we lived in West Central Illinois at the time. Later, my first husband took a job in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And so my youngest two daughters and he and I moved here. And my oldest daughter still lived in the in Illinois. So did Ben. And then uh, she eventually moved to uh, Kalamazoo. And then he did as well. And so when he came back to Kalamazoo, then the racing started up. So many wonderful tracks by, especially the Kalamazoo Speedway and the Galesburg Speedway. And so he raced at both of those tracks. And sometimes he raced at Springport, which is a mid-Michigan uh, track. And right. so, um, gosh, that was in probably 2011, 2013, somewhere in there. Yeah. And, uh, and so we got back into racing. And it's it hasn't stopped since. Now, my son passed away in 2018. Oh, I'm sorry. But my youngest granddaughter, my granddaughters that live here in Kalamazoo, who are now 20 and 18, started racing quarter midgets. Okay. And he got them into the quarter midgets. And so they've kind of carried on his tradition since we've lost him. And and now I still have one granddaughter racing the 18-year-old. So wow. we're still involved. And that's that's really how... It all got started. So, so I have to ask, had he come to you and said, Mom, I'm going to spend my graduation money on a race car, what would your reaction been? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to college, son. Oh. But it, you know what? He was a really smart kid, but he was one of those kids that really didn't care about school. Yeah. And and honestly, I'll, I'll you know, I'll be honest with you because we don't hide the fact that he had a very colorful life in some ways mm -hmm. and um and the fact we we lost him in 2018 he committed suicide and we um we he had a he had a very tough life and uh brought on mostly by himself but regardless when you're the mom yeah. you hate to see your kids struggle sure. and so um you know, it's it's just one of those things, and we're we don't hide the fact of what happened because if we can help anybody else who's you know struggling or their kids are struggling, and and Brian, you'd be surprised when you're willing to open up to people about your family and the struggles they've been through. How many people are going through very similar things, and yeah. they come to you? And Thank you for sharing. This is what's happening with my family. Yeah. So that's, we don't hide, we don't hide it. And he never did either. Sure. He never hid the things that he went through. So. Right. Yeah. Our, our team has had some mental health struggles and uh, Alex actually appeared on a town hall on the news radio station here that I work for in Los Angeles, um, having to do a lot with COVID and how it affected teenagers yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but a big part of that were mental health challenges and Alex was very open about it and, um, talked about how, how they felt if, if sharing their story could help another kid, it was important to them. Right. Um, and for a 17 year old to do that, it just, 
you know, you, you hate to go through it as a family, but uh, you know, my, my thought exactly is, as you're saying is if we can help someone else, um, then something, you know, something good comes out of that kind of stuff. It also must make you feel uh, pretty good though, that before he, he took his life, he did something he was so passionate and loved doing and, and was able to enjoy that portion of, of, of the life that he did live. Right. Absolutely. And he won. Um, he, he was very competitive most of the time and he won three races all, all in the same summer, one at Kalamazoo, one at Galesburg and one at Springport. And, um, I, I know you can't see what you see behind me is part of my office, but what I see, which is out here, is a large photo of the win that he had at Galesburg and all kinds of photos all around my office of him, our friends, all kinds of racing things. And so the fact that he led us all down the racing path and that my granddaughters, McKenna and Maddie, both raced. Um, and then now Maddie still races and she's actually racing here. She has a brand new sponsor, uh, landmark recovery, and they're a drug and alcohol oh, recovery nice. company. They have locations all over the United States and, um, she's been able to do three or four different podcasts where she's been able to talk about our story and how even as an now 18 year old, she just turned 18 in April how important it is to talk about it and to get help. And so like you're Alex, these young people don't seem to be afraid to talk about struggles. And I like that about, all, you know, this, right. that I feel like if they can just help one person yeah. by what they say or, or, you know, and Maddie's had people come up to her at the racetrack uh, because of what's on her car. And so it's having an impact and right. that's, that's what we want. We've got a little bit of internet breakup with your signal, but it's it, we're, we're going to keep going because it's just occasional. So uh, okay. I just want to let everyone at home know that it's not their their system; it's ours. Um, okay. So 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 when did you turn to doing your work with the Women's Motorsports Network? Was that kind of uh, an offshoot or uh, a motivation once this all happened to kind of continue, you know, moving forward and and doing your part in the sport? Well, actually, I started this in the fall of 2000s or end of summer 2017. Oh, okay. What had happened was I had back surgery that year and I couldn't do a lot of the things that I had done before. I have a, also have a send out cards business that I had um, and I traveled a lot with that company and I couldn't really do a lot of those things anymore. So I was looking to share, actually share send out cards with the motorsports community because they need a way to thank their sponsors and those kinds of things. And so I, on a, on a Sunday afternoon in August of 2017, I put a post on Facebook and just said, I'm, I'm starting a project involving women in motorsports. If you're interested, tag yourself or someone you know. And I had over a hundred names by the end of the night. Nice. And by, by the end of the next night, I had over 200 names. And the reason I started it was because I actually looked on Facebook. I Googled, I did everything to try 
a community of women who could connect each other because women have different struggles than men do when sure. it comes to racing, wife, family, work, etc. And I couldn't find anything. And that's why my family said, well, why don't you start something? And it was something I could do online. Right. I could do it from home. I could do it from Arizona when I go to visit my younger daughters. And so that's how it all began. And I have a publishing background. So I started with an online magazine. And I started with those names of those women. And said, would you like to be you know, featured in my online magazine? And it's taken off from there. So I found what I started inside the SCCA um, that, you know, and you did something good from a podcasting standpoint. You picked a niche. You didn't decide to do a podcast on NASCAR because there's a thousand podcasts on NASCAR. Um, You found your your niche. I I had done something similar and realized that there really wasn't anyone doing an inside the SCCA type podcast. Um, So I decided I'm going to do it. And um, uh started with the name and then the club called me up and said, you know, you're using our name. And I said, yep. (laughs) And, um, um, but I was already five podcasts in at that point and, uh, they seemed to like what I was doing. So we kept doing it. And, and I also have been no problems getting people to come on the show, getting people, you know, to talk about all the different things that we do. And it just kind of you have to reach out and say you're going to do it and put your put yourself out to the world and and the world kind of opens up to you. Yeah, they really do. And, you know, it'd be probably surprising to a lot of people, but I have just as many men that follow me mm-hmm. um, a little a few percentage more women than men. But honestly, I have a lot of men that reach out to me that thank me for um, you know, highlighting the women and they give me names of women all the time. You should talk to this person or that person. And so the men are just as supportive, if not more so sometimes than the women. And I appreciate that. And I always laugh and say, you know, we love, I love the men, but I'm all about the women. And there's plenty of other people sharing stories about all of the men in motorsports. You pick up a motorsports magazine, 99% 99% of the stories are, are about men and all other percent of the stories in my mind are about women. Yeah. You've had Michelle Abate on the show. Uh, she's one of our, our SCCA drivers. Um, and we've done lots of episodes uh, with uh, women drivers and participants and race officials um, and, and the SCCA. And I'm going to guess this is probably not uncom- uncommon across a lot of race series, a lot of the behind-the-scenes folks that make our club tick are women. Um, for years, the you know the, the guys would go to the racetrack and the women would go, wives and moms and sisters, whatever, and they wanted something to do, so they got involved. Um, a lot of times it wasn't the thing for a woman to drive, which should have been, but it wasn't. So they would get involved in the administration of the race and all of that kind of stuff. And our club would be nothing today without the amazing women who helped build the club to what it is. So um, I'm hoping that by doing the podcast with you here, that uh, our our ladies will reach out to you. And at the end of the show, I'm, we're going to make sure that we know uh, they know how to do that, um, because I think uh, they would be great to get on your show and and kind of share their stories outside of our SCCA bubble. Um, and 
help people realize that there's a, another place to come go racing uh, if you're a, a woman driver or a woman who wants to participate behind the scenes. And I think we might be able to get uh, some some outreach through through women in motorsports. Absolutely. And the thing that I have to remind people is that I don't interview or write stories just about drivers. Right. So I love telling the stories of women who are not drivers right. because we have so many talented, smart, you know, ridiculously impressive women that are involved in every kind of motorsports. And those, some of those stories about how they got to where they are, are very impressive. Yep. And so, yes, I love the drivers. I do. But I want to tell all the stories, not just the drivers. You talked with um, Lori Warren a couple of weeks back. Uh, she's yes. the president of Richmond Raceway. Um, yes. And that was an amazing conversation. I, I was so I just, I clicked on it and I was driving to work. And a lot of times I'll put a podcast on on my way to work and then on the way home. But I didn't get through the whole thing. And I actually went back and finished it on the way home. It was so good. Um, uh, but, yeah, just so many great, great talks that you do. Um, and you're right, both people behind the scenes and, and, and behind the wheel as well. So um, uh, it's just kind of really cool. And you also, you all, you've also talked with some men who are helping women along, too. Absolutely. So I don't feature men in the magazine. Right. But I do have them on my podcast. And what I do is I call them my bonus episodes. Mm. So the Women's Motorsports Network podcast is all women. And then I also do a, a live show. I call it my social media show on Sunday nights at seven o'clock on my, my Facebook page. And I have a co-host for that, Brett Timmerman. He is from Iowa. He's become part of my race family. He is, has a daughter that races, and that's how we connected. But he knows a lot more about the dirt side of racing than I do. Sure. And coming from Iowa, um, you know, we just know a different group of people. So he's on with me on Sunday nights. And, um, and so we talk about, you know, we always have or try to have a guest on on, those, on the Sunday night show. But then when I come across a man who um, really is in, in helping women become and promoted and, and wants to be on the show, then those are my bonus episodes. So that's how I get by with having men on my show about women. Definitely. Definitely. What, um, what surprises? Well, let me ask you a couple questions. If there was one or two themes that are continually coming up when you're talking with the ladies on your show, what would, what would be those two common themes that you hear in your podcasts? Okay. Well, one of the, one of the first ones is how difficult it is for women to get sponsored. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because when companies look at women drivers, especially companies that maybe aren't involved with motorsports already, to where they already they know that women are and have been involved in motorsports for a, really a long time. I don't know if they just think that the women don't get noticed or they're not going to be a good ambassador or what that reason is. When in fact it's just the opposite. One hundred percent. The women tend 
the women tend to be much more active on social media, sharing about their sponsors. They tend to buy products, support the products, the people that support them. And so the way, and more times than not, the women are excellent drivers. Yep. And just like my granddaughter, she's the only driver in the street stock division at both Kalamazoo and Galesburg. So guess who gets a lot of attention? Of course. The one and only girl. And the fact that she's 18 and most of the guys that she's competing against, well, they're all older than, than her. One of them could be her grandfather. Okay. So they get a lot of attention, but we have to get out the word out to these companies that women are a great, you know, genre, whatever you want to say, to sponsor. And that is a common, common theme over and over. And then surprisingly to me, the other thing that came to mind, and, and this was surprising to me, but now I realize why it is. A lot of the girls that race, they have friends, but they, they give up the, the weekend parties. They give up homecoming dances. They give up um, prom or they go to prom and then they come to the track in their prom dress, put on their race suit and race. They give up a lot and they don't always have a lot of friends because they're at the track. The friends they have are other race people right. who may not go to their school. And, and so when I ask girls, well, what do your classmates think about you driving a race car? More times than not, they're going to say, I don't want to talk about it because they don't understand. Right. They think it's NASCAR. They think it's this. Um, and so that surprised me, but it doesn't anymore because I've heard it so many times, yeah. but it surprised me at the beginning. Well, and, and with social media and the fact that most drivers now have some sort of camera in their car um, and a lot more races are being live streamed back when I started racing, it was exactly, it was the same way for, for, for guys too. I would tell my friends I'm going to the racetrack and they think that they, they wouldn't think it was a big deal. You know, now if I could show them, I can actually show them what I'm doing because it's all over the internet. And my friends at work think it's really cool because, oh, wow, that's what you do. That's kind of fun. Um, mm -hmm. And and when I when I talk with people about the value of sponsoring and helping um, support women in racing, I, I, I tell them, I said, you just needed to go to a race where there's a woman racing or a woman who's participating because, you know, and, and, and I know there's some um, uh, polarized names out there. You know, Danica Patrick had her lovers, the people who loved her and the people who hated her. Uh, but yeah. you look at all of the women out there, the Catherine Legs, uh, the Simona De Silvestres, the, um, you know, Danica um, and um, and Sarah Fisher before them. Um, when you would see them at the racetrack, there was always a swarm of people around them wanting autographs and getting to know them. And they were always putting themselves out there. And and, you know, women like male drivers too, but there were a lot of women who were fans of the women drivers. And then I, and then I remind people who does all the buying at home? Women. Who goes to the grocery store? Women. Who orders the clothes for their kids? Women. I mean, 
and and if there's no better buying power in motorsports than than a woman, and then people, oh, you know, that makes a lot of sense, you know. Right. And I I just don't think we've educated people well enough. No, and you know that's funny you say that because I. I, I'm kind of a statistics person. I kind of like that. And I don't know where that comes from exactly. Mm. I did a, some research about a year ago. And I looked up, you know, the exact thing that you just said, who, you know, women are 80% of the buying power in the home, yep. even when it comes to purchasing a car. Yep. Now, they may not purchase the Chevy or the Ford, but when it comes to what kind of, um, things that the car has on it, mm -hmm. what color the car is. Is it a van? Is it a sports car? Yes. They have a lot of input. You bet. They, they do. They're the ones that typically are the grocery shoppers are the, they're the major purchasers in the home. They, the statistics that I came across were just amazing. Yeah. And I've actually um, made some little graphics in Canva and have them post on social media every so often, excuse me, to remind people, oh, excuse me, I think I swallowed a bug. <laughs> that might be an inside the SCCA podcast burst. <laughs> um, it's surprising, you know, when you look at the statistics, yeah. statistics. So you would think that women, that companies that sell to products that women use, or where women buy would jump at the chance to support a driver. Yeah. Now, Tony Bridinger has Victoria's Secret on her car and uh, Natalie Decker had um, some kind of a hair color or something on her car. But, but overall, you don't see very many companies that should be sponsoring race car drivers, but they're not. Well, and, and that's at the at the high end of the sport. You know, yeah. we're talking yeah. about the ARCA, NASCAR, IndyCar, professional level. Um, but there's so many opportunities at the local level, whether it be your Friday, Saturday night short tracks, whether it be in the inside, the, in, in the SECA, um, where a, a business that might not be a big business like a Victoria's Secret or, you know, mm -hmm. one of your retail, you know, um, um, you know, anything you'd buy in a grocery store, but your local mom and pop, you know, who doesn't have the money to go sponsor somebody in NASCAR or any right. of those pro level series, um, 500 bucks yeah. to a racer at the local level is like a pot of gold. You know, mm -hmm. that's a set of tires maybe, or three or four weekends of entry fees, depending on yeah. where you're racing. Um, and, and that, that person, um, uh, that that lady will take pictures next to the car. They'll show up at your place in your driver's suit and 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 do what you know. They'll do things that a big name driver might not be able to do for you, and, and certainly not for the the money that you can spend. Exactly, and you know, again, I just think that some of these businesses. I mean, Kalamazoo is a decent sized town. Right. We have you know some major companies here as far as you know grocery stores and that but you you know if you go to them and you want them to sponsor your race very difficult right to to get them to do that and and it doesn't always have to be money brian sure it could be 
it could be a pizza joint that feeds your team after the races. Absolutely. It could be, it could be any number of things, you know. Um, my granddaughter, uh, McKenna, that raced a few years ago, she actually had a great sponsor. It was called Soil Farms, and they grew produce. Uh-huh. They were very well known in the community. Sure. And so they traded produce to my daughter. And so we had, we all, all had wonderful vegetables and yeah. things throughout the summer that year. Yeah. And that was a great, you know, that was a, a great sponsor for her. So yeah, you just need I don't know. They're out there. You just have to get them convinced of what they need to be doing. Yep. Get a little creative, you know, tell them what you can do for them. Yes. More so than what they can do for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, offer, to, you know, offer them a bunch of stuff, you know, uh, get, you know, let them give their, their, their customers free tickets, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, lots of different ways to do it. Um, yeah. But I, I often find out, and this is in all forms of motorsports, by the way, not just for women. Um, usually the first ask is, I want you to give me, a, write me a check. And while that's great and, and money is important, um, if you go from the other way, you know, what, what would you say if on a Friday afternoon I parked my car out in your parking lot of your restaurant and sat there for four or five hours and just talked to people as they came by? And what would, yeah. that, what would that be worth to you, Mr. Business Person or Mrs. Business Person? And then let mm-hmm. them throw a dollar figure out. Your car is just yeah. going to sit in the garage on a Friday night anyway. You know, right. so if they tell you I'll pay you 200 bucks for that. Great. You know, um, but we just need to get a little more creative um, for all motorsports. But but women in particular, it's it's even harder. And I and I've heard that story so many times. Uh, it makes me upset and sad, you know, uh, you know, because my Alex may want to go racing someday, too. And, and it will be difficult for them um, as well. You know, because they have that, uh, you know, that issue, that issue, but, you know, be, being female and all of that. So um, it just makes it more difficult. So um, I think you have to go into it with what can I give instead of what can I get? Right. And right. if you have that mindset, which is what, you know, we've tried to do or I've tried to do with my granddaughters and they they have. So, um you know, well with that, you know. Just uh, from our chat, um, one of our followers, Meathead Racing, uh, Specmiotic team, uh, we need to focus on mid-market companies that have a regional presence that are not in the motorsports industry. Motorsports companies want wins only. The produce company is a great example. You know, they probably mm-hmm. didn't care much about wins and losses, um, um, which is pretty cool. Also, you need to demonstrate that you can help them sell your product. Yep, that yes. is exactly what we're talking about. So, no question, no question. All right, so um, um, you've you've talked to two hundred ladies. I think you're what episode now? One hundred and fifty. Um, me... I'm in the round two forty okay. range of podcast. So, and then we've done about almost fifty of the live shows on social media. I'm not going to ask you to, what your favorite one was. <laughs> Because they're all your babies, <laughs> but they if, are. if you if if you wanted us to go and and listen to one or two just to get it to wet our whistle, um, are there a couple that you can point out to us? Oh gosh, well, of course, my granddaughter. Of course, she was, she was a great 
Um, and she was just on our live show, which you can find her on YouTube and on our podcast. Um, you know, if you go to anywhere, you can listen to podcasts and Maddie Snyder. And then, of course, you mentioned Lori Warren. She was a great one. I just uh, interviewed Jessica Fickenshire from the Speedway Motorsports Incorporated. Always, uh, you know, always good podcasts when you can talk to women who are um, high enough up in the the food chain, if you want to say, that can really tell you where they started from and, and how they got where they are. Um, one of my very good friends that I've made just because first I had her on the podcast and then I would connect with her when I was at the racetrack is Monica Palumbo. And she is one of the reporters for um, when, when she's at the racetrack. She's one of the gals you're going to see up on the big screen. Right. Interviewing the people that are there. She and she was one that I interviewed quite some time ago, but she was a very good interview. And she started, you know, with volunteering and that. And then she was Miss, she was uh, chosen as Miss Sprint Car. Right. You know, when uh, the, the sponsor. And, and so that was a fun one. Um, you know, sometimes the stories of the people that you've never heard of are also some of the best stories because, you know, everybody has a story. Right. And they don't have to be famous. So, um, so you know, I know there's a lot of them, but I just I'm I'm at a loss at the moment. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to it yet, but you have a podcast with Judy Dominic. Oh, great podcast. And she is a storyteller's storyteller. So I can only imagine how good that one is. So that's going to be one of my next ones to listen to. She's just, uh, uh, she's a press person, media type, um, worked for a bunch of different teams all over the motorsport spectrum from NASCAR to IndyCar sports cars. um, And, and uh, I think she was head of PR for Chevrolet for a while. She um, was. Yeah. So, so she, she's got stories that she probably can't tell. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and, um, and, and we'd, I'd love to be able to like talk to her more with the cameras and the microphones away. Cause I'm sure those stories are amazing. Um, that podcast. And she, she was just so kind about, you know, she's still very busy yep. and that's the thing, you know, when I reach out to some of these women, they don't know who I am. I mean, I tell them, this is what I've done, you know, to, but, and, and yet there are some that do know what I've done, but I, I just appreciate that, that women are those types of women who are very involved at a high level in motorsports of some kind, see the importance of getting the word out about how women are involved in motorsports, what they're doing and how they're to grow and and they just share from their heart, really, yep. most of them, about how they got started. And and one of the things I like to ask them is, you know, what what's your legacy going to be? How, you know, what do you want people to remember about you when you retire? And that and I've gotten some wonderful, amazing answers to that question. Yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Um, so I'm going to connect you with a bunch of ladies from the SCCA. Um, mm-hmm. because you, 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 they need to be on your show 
Absolutely. And uh, for those folks, now I've got on the the Racing Wire Podcast Network, and we're putting them also on uh, the Racing Network on YouTube's uh, probably the last couple of months worth of stuff. I think we started talking maybe two or three months ago, um, which means there's a hundred plus episodes out there that I don't have. If people yeah. want to go check out the early the early shows, um, how do they find them, Melinda? The best way is to go to just wherever you listen to podcasts. Right. And it you my podcast originally was called Racing Girls Rock. And um and so you could find it there, but it's changed, everything's been changed over to women's work. So you go to, you know, um Apple or any of those places, Podbean, all those places and find all the old episodes right. and um you know there there's just there's just so many that are such good stories i should probably try to send you all of them brian i i and, would air every single one of them it may okay, take me a year yeah. and a half to do it but we've got plenty of time <laughs> there um, you go so and, uh, maybe i'll go back and pick out the ones that i think are the best to get started and then we'll see where we are but yeah you know um yeah, just go and look. I, I've been trying to put things on YouTube more recently, and um, I I used to do that, and then I kind of got away from right. it. So some are on YouTube, but um, if you if you ever want to reach out and say, well, who have you interviewed? I have a whole list in Excel that I can email, yep. and and then you can go through, or the guests can go through and and pick out the ones that maybe names that they recognize and, and would like to listen to. Well, we could, or we could just start with episode number one and there you go. put out one or two a week. Well, we'll you and I will work that out one way or the okay. other. Um, <laughs> All right. your, your zoom broke up just a little bit for those who, who were, were listening. It's, it's the women's motorsports network on all of the major podcast platforms. So you can find it, um, there. And, uh, and like I said, the more, the most more recent ones we've got on our networks, um, and we will continue to do that going forward. Um, any any parting thoughts? Uh, any any if there's a, a a lady out there, a young girl out there who's who's thinking about maybe getting involved in this crazy thing that you and I both love to do? Um, any advice? Any thoughts? Well, I guess what I would say is number one: don't ever let anyone squash your dreams. And if you want to be um, a race car driver, or you want to be an airline pilot, or whatever it is you want to do, don't let anybody tell you that you can't because you're a girl, or you can't because you know you're only five feet tall, or you can't because of this or that, because you can. And I have enough women that I've connected with that will call you, text you, and tell you the same thing. Yep. So you're not alone. It's not just me that will tell you that. So that's the first thing. And then if it's really something you're passionate about, then work hard, get your name out there, you know, brand yourself, promote your, nobody else is going to promote you unless you do it yourself. Right. And so make sure that people know who you are. And, and, you know, that's the other side of it. Women's Motorsports Network is proud and happy anytime to promote the women in motorsports in, in any way, if you're having a fundraiser, if you're whatever you're doing, we're always here to get it out there, get the word out, do whatever we can to get those names out there. Because one of these days, 
There's going to be a NASCAR champion. There's going to be a World of Outlaw champion. There's going to be a SEC champion that's a woman that started, you know, with nobody knowing who she was. And now all of a sudden her name is out there. And so uh, we're going to get there one of these days. No question. No question. And 20 years ago, we didn't have this amazing resource called the Internet. Um, no. we, we, and, and obviously, there's, there's definitely bad about the Internet, too. But um, if, if you want to learn from the ladies who've already done it, mm-hmm. go to the Women's Motorsports Network, start mm-hmm. on episode number one, mm-hmm. and go all the way through it. I'm not just saying that because I want to boost your numbers. What you've put together, Melinda, is a master class of how to manage and climb the different mountains, how to negotiate the different rocks in the middle of the road. Um, and um, it, it will take some of the, the difficulty away from something that's e- immensely difficult. Um, but if, if some of the ladies and, and young girls out there who want to do this want to figure out, okay, so at least they're not surprised when it happens to them, or there are ways to manage that, that path, um, just listen to these podcasts. All of all of the people you interview talk about what they what they came up against, how they got around it, um, and it's just really an amazing resource. Um, and and I couldn't be more proud to have you as part of the our podcast network and our YouTube channel. And uh, and just keep up doing what you're doing. Well, I tell you, Brian, that means the world to me for you to say that. And I am just so blessed to be able to share my stories of these women with you and your show and your listeners. And so we're just going to keep pushing those podcasts your way. And hopefully somewhere along the road, it helps somebody. And and that's what we're here for. All right. So if any of our listeners or viewers want to get on your podcast, how do they find you? Okay, on Facebook. It's Women's Motorsports Network, or my name, Melinda Russell. You can contact me there either way. You can private message me, or my email address is the letters I-W-M-A in the word nation. So that stands for the International Women's Motorsports Association, which is also a part of our company. And that was the first email uh, that I had, and I hate to change it at this point. <laughs> Excuse me. So Facebook is really probably the best way okay. to reach me. So Melinda Russell or Women's Motorsports Network. And we'll put all of that if you're driving. Don't drive off the side of the road. I'll put that all in the show notes. So you can go back and look at it later. Uh, we'll put it on the show notes for both the uh, the YouTube channel and the podcast. So. Uh, Melinda, thank you so much for coming in on short notice and and pinch hitting for us tonight. Oh, I was very excited when you reached out to me. Um, Brian, I was happy to help you out. And anytime that you need me to do anything to help, I'm always here for you. That's great. And Carrie will be with us in some week down the road, definitely. Um, and, uh, I actually think he might be at the runoffs this year and we'll, we might do it in person, but we'll, we'll get him on there. Uh, before the runoffs, and uh, we'll do that as well. So, all right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the SCCA. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the Racing Wire Podcast Network and the Racing Network on YouTube. Also, be great if we'd leave a comment, especially if it's a good one. If it's not a good one, put it on someone else's page. Follow us on social media so you can find out who our next guest is. Leave a question. On Twitter, it's at RacingWireNet. 
There's a new Inside the SCCA every week. I'm Brian Belansky. Have yourself a fantastic weekend and go play with cars. I'm Dorsey Schrader, and when I'm on my way to embrace, I'll listen to the SCCA podcast Inside the Short Bus. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.